You're listening to The Thrive Podcast with your host, Kathleen Drennan, corporate executive turned creative entrepreneur. Listen in as Kathleen shares all the things about marketing, money, and managing your mindset. She'll provide you with the tools and templates you can use today to help grow your business and move one step closer to creating your best life. Ladies, you got this. Well, here we are, middle coming towards the end of September, which means a lot of different things depending on where you are in the world. I have always kind of considered September like our version of a new year. It's a very northern hemisphere perspective to have because for us, September was always back to school season, going into a new grade, starting a new year of school, always meant like a fresh start. So I always get this like kick of excitement as we come into September because I was like, new year, amazing. Let's set ourselves up for the rest of this year with a bang, which is, you know, it's been a year, people. 2020, I am so grateful, like so incredibly grateful that nobody sits you down on the 1st of January and says, okay, Kathleen, here's what you can expect this year. Because I would just walk away and be like, no, I'm sorry. I don't want to deal with that. And I don't also want to deal with that. And I definitely don't want to deal with that thing over there either. So no, no, thank you. Please, I will take a different option. So how amazing is it to then know that on the 1st of January, we have no idea what the rest of the year is going to hold and we don't have to know. You just get to make decisions, plan your life in response to what happens. And I always love taking a few minutes in September to recalibrate realign and say, hey, do I want to keep committing? Do I want to keep doing what I'm doing? And here's the most amazing thing about being a business owner is at any point in time, you can change your business. You can change the services that you offer. And you don't have to explain your decisions to anyone. And in actual fact, very few, if any people, will ever ask you why you're making the decisions that they're making. Trust me, like maybe your mother-in-law will ask you, like maybe, but very unlikely that she will. Most people, most human beings who live on this planet are wrapped up in their own bubble that they don't care if you are making decisions, changing your services, pivoting your offer, whatever it is you get to do in your business as the CEO of your business, nobody else cares. Which is a little bit sad when I say it like that, but it's so freeing because we humans like to put a lot of pressure on ourselves. We like to tell ourselves these lies. It's like, oh, well, you're supposed to do this and you're supposed to do that and you've always offered this service, so therefore you need to keep offering this service. You don't want to let those people down. When in actual fact, can I tell you the easiest way to say no to somebody is to find an alternative supplier to their problem. 
I learned this very early on when we started getting heaps of wedding inquiries and I stopped doing multiple weddings on the same day. And when you get to that point and then you start to feel bad that you have to turn people away, I'll tell you right now, the easiest thing to do is to say, so sorry, we're already booked. And you provide them with a recommendation of who else they could talk to. People, it astounds me, absolutely astounds me that other business owners don't realize that you can do this. And particularly if you're a floral designer, you can provide a recommendation to another florist and it makes it so easy to say no. So if somebody has asked you to do work that you either already have plans for in that window and you don't want to compromise those other plans, or if they've asked you to create something that's just not something that you want to do, the easiest way to say no is to tell them who could solve their problem. I still get emails from brides. Like if we're saying, okay, we're not taking bookings for this period, but here's somebody else you could talk to. The number of people who actually just come back and say, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Makes me realize how few designers actually do this. So if you're looking for a super simple way to say no, to an order that's come your way, to somebody wanting to do a workshop, to somebody wanting to do a big installation, and you're like, either I'm busy, I don't want to, or it's just not my thing, all of which are viable options and you don't need to explain your reasons to anyone, the best thing that you can do for yourself and for your customer is to provide a recommendation on who they could talk to. Don't underestimate the power of pointing somebody in the right direction. My friends, it makes it so much easier to say no. So try it out for yourself. And while I am on the topic of easy, let us get into today's podcast topic. And this is going to be so fun because it's going to help answer so many of your questions and it's going to help you navigate how to continue to evolve and grow your business. Last week I had a conversation with a floral designer who was thinking about signing up for my one-on-one program and another business owner had suggested to this beautiful designer that she should go and get a specific qualification or go out and get this level of design and then she will have learned all the things that she needs to know about building a business and i immediately jumped in and i told her that is an awful idea (laughs) i mean i understand that i'm very direct and i'm more than happy to tell people what is a waste of time But it made me realize that there is this assumption or this underlying lie that a lot of floral designers believe that being a better designer is going to help them build their business. And what really struck home with me was the fact that I used to be a business owner who assumed that if I became a better designer, 
I would immediately attract more customers. And it's really fascinating because I think this is such a common misconception in our industry. If we know that every Instagram feed is filled with perfectly curated, beautiful designs, and you and I love hanging out on Instagram and love dissecting and evaluating and looking at what other designers are doing, and then we assume that all of those designers on Instagram whom we love, all of their Instagram followers means that they're making a crap ton of money, it's very normal for our brains to default to thinking, well, it must be that I need another qualification, another certification, I must need to go to that person's workshop, I must need to learn that design aesthetic, and then all of the customers will come flocking to me. It's really interesting to actually ponder that situation because I know that was a belief that I used to have, right? I am so fortunate to know that I was able to pretty much travel like around the entire world, going to different people's workshops, paying a lot of money, assuming, well, if I could learn her design aesthetic or if I could do that kind of design, then it will fix all of my marketing problems and all of the customers will come a running. So, my friends, if you are a person who is convinced that signing up for another workshop, signing up for another online course to learn another design mechanic, to learn a specific style, is going to attract more customers to your business, I want to let you know that there is an easier way. Now, I am all for, y'all know how much I love a good workshop. Y'all know how much I love a good online course and I love learning about design and I love hearing designers talk about why and how and when they chose the specific ingredients that they did. I could sit and learn that stuff for the rest of my life. But learning a design mechanic and learning about business, learning about sales or learning about marketing, very different situation. It's so common for us to think, well, I need to sign up for that person's workshop. And then when I know how to make work that looks like hers, I will be able to attract more customers. If we think about that concept, right, it's like I'm going to go out and learn a specific design aesthetic and therefore the customers are just going to come crawling to me. If we kind of pick up a similar example in a totally different industry, let us for a second hypothesize what might be a similar example. Let's say our good friends at Apple decided that they could offer the iPhone in a different package. Maybe they're going to offer the iPhone in a beautiful silk crafted envelope, something or other, right? Something that's beautiful and delicate and lovely. It's a little bit like saying, oh, well, if we change the packaging on this thing, then more people are automatically going to flock in and buy this product. It's 
like if we change the external veneer that that's immediately going to increase the number of people who buy that phone. If we put it in a different colored envelope, then immediately more people are going to know that it exists and then just go out and buy it. When in actual fact, the job that Apple needs to do is to increase awareness and tell more people about the fact that this is what they are doing. So instead of spending any time rethinking their packaging, they spend all of their time thinking about how they could attract more people to their business. They know that what they have to offer is of tremendous value. They know that their iPhone is fucking awesome. They then spend all of their time and energy focused on attracting customers and finding more humans who will spend money with them to buy that product. They stand with authority and with confidence in the product that they offer. And they then spend all of their energy on marketing and sales. They're not going in and trying to fix a product in the hopes that more people will just magically appear because it doesn't work that way. But we designers, myself included, assume, well, if I can just change my design aesthetic, then I can just fix all of my problems and more customers will come flocking to me. In reality, when you're signing up for another workshop, what you're learning is a mechanic, a design aesthetic, ingredient selection, like little cheats and tips and tricks and how to's in terms of the actual design work. But it is not going to solve any of your marketing problems. And I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I don't want to burst your bubble, but I do want to let you know that if you are at all like me and you are thinking, well, I must need to sign up for that next workshop. I must need to sign up for that next design tutorial. Just ask yourself what problem you're hoping it will solve. It's very possible because this is what I used to think. If I go to that person's workshop then her magical unicorn fairy dust will rub off on me and I will finally feel legitimate, capable, and confident. When in actual fact, that never happened. What I realized was that I was going to all of these workshops in the hopes that if I had that kind of design aesthetic, if I could design more like her, then more customers would come calling. I literally assumed if I could design like this particular designer, that I would finally attract the kinds of customers who would pay for my work. My brain literally thought that that's how simple it was. But in actual fact, signing up for a workshop solves a different problem. Now, here's the thing. Y'all know I am a person who is a huge advocate of intentional practice, honing in and defining your design style and actually appreciating and recognizing whatever your personal preferences for ingredients, whatever your personal preferences for color palettes, for sourcing products, that is perfect. 
And you can go to workshops and you can sign up to online courses to learn things, figure out the exact mechanics for how somebody else creates something, apply it, test it out for yourself, adapt it a little bit, adapt it to your local area, adapt it to your personal preferences, and then you know how to make the work that you want to make. It is from that space of having a very clear definition of the kind of work you want to be creating that you then shift your focus to marketing. I was talking to one of my one-on-one students a couple of weeks ago about this concept of us deciding to run our businesses more like a restaurant. If you think of the good old days when we used to be able to walk into a restaurant and sit down and eat the things, the server would pass you a menu. And they would say, here is the menu of what is offered in this restaurant. You tell me what you would like to order. And yes, of course, the chef will make minor adaptations if you have a nut allergy, you don't like cilantro, you don't want the toast, you know, they'll kind of leave things out or possibly make minor adjustments. But the chef has already sat down and figured out this is the cuisine that I offer, this is how I present it, this is the service that's included, and this is the price that it is offered at. Dear customer, you can look at this menu and you can order off the menu and I'll tweak and change within about 10, maybe 20%. But they'll make minor adjustments because the chef has already sat down, defined their own aesthetic, defined their cuisine and priced accordingly. I want you to do exactly the same thing in your business. What is your flower menu. What kind of work, what kind of aesthetic, what kind of ingredients, how much of what type of product do you want to include in your designs? Define that for yourself and then you hit the ground running with marketing. So often where floral designers go wrong is that they have put all of the authority all of the power in your customer's hands and you're waiting for your client to come to you to tell you this is the kind of work you want me to create and you are creating a recipe for disaster with yourself so the big lesson from today what would it look like if it was easy sit down for yourself and define for yourself what your flower menu is. This is such an empowering exercise to go through because you have everything you need right now to decide what kind of work you want to be creating. It does not matter whose workshops you've been to. It doesn't matter whose qualifications, whose certifications, whose memberships you're a part of, whose you're not. It doesn't matter. You get to decide for yourself what do you want your flower menu to be. And then you get to work to selling those designs to your customers. If in a totally different world, 
restaurants behaved the way that floral designers behaved, you would literally then, if you were the chef at a restaurant, allow your customers to walk in with like anybody's magazine, anybody's cookbook, any photo that they might find on Pinterest from any cuisine from any part of the world and say, oh, hey, could you make this for me? And then with every new customer that comes in the door, there's a different request. And you need to be able then as the restaurant owner to navigate and respond and produce designs in responses to all of those individual requests. So that one time you might be like, yeah, no problem. Here is a crazy, amazing stir fry and then you're going to make a Greek salad and then you're going to jump into like making macaroons and then you're going to make a chocolate ganache cake and then you're going to do like long slow roast barbecue and then you're going to have like tacos and then you're going to make enchiladas and then you're going to have some crazy ass chocolate malt sundae. I'm exhausted just thinking about working in that restaurant but that is how most floral designers run their business. They allow the customer to lead the conversation to take charge and dictate what is to be created. One of the single best things you can do for your business is sit down now, identify the most common problems your clients are going to come to you with, and then define for yourself what the ideal scenario is. This exercise is one of the earliest exercises I get my one-on-one students to do. It will make you feel very uncomfortable because your brain is going to think that there is a right and a wrong solution. But I will also be the first to remind you every single day, selling floral designs in this industry is so easy because your customers have no idea how this whole thing works. So you can sell a beautiful bouquet of natives to somebody who has walked in and said, I'm looking for a dozen roses. It is very possible. Once you understand and you recognize that no matter how your customer starts a conversation, they have no idea how this whole works. You get to meet them where they're at and you get to navigate the conversation. You get to sell the benefits and talk about why offering up a native bouquet is a better solution to roses, particularly if you've just sold out of roses or even better, you didn't even get them in from the market. It is so easy in our industry to solve our customers' problems, but The best way and the single most important thing you need to do for your business is decide now the kind of work you want to be creating and what your flower menu is. If you feel like you need to go out and do more work, sign up for another workshop, learn another mechanic to create the design aesthetic that you want to have, go for it. You can also set a date with yourself and make sure you are creating a regular intentional practice routine because there are so many phenomenal teachers who are now hosting online classes who are going to teach you their mechanics, right? And then you get to put that into practice for yourself. 
But if you find yourself continually looking outside of you for more design mechanics, more aesthetic recommendations, more ingredient recommendations, I will ask you to question why. Why don't you feel you can offer up the type of design aesthetic you want to have right now? Because you can. It can literally be as simple as simply deciding you are capable, knowing you can figure this out and making time for intentional practice. If you come from a space of understanding that you get to define your menu, you get to define your aesthetic, you get to be really selfish about the ingredients that you choose, then you define your menu for yourself you stick to that decision and you spend the rest of your time and energy focused on learning, marketing, and sales. Because learning, marketing, and sales is how you begin to make it so easy for yourself to be able to sell anything to anyone. And it's not hard. This is the most amazing thing, right? Particularly in our industry where our customers have so little knowledge and so little expertise and so little know-how. Understanding them, meeting your customers where they're at and providing them with solutions that solve their problems is the name of the game. And for the longest period of time, I walked around assuming the best designers made the most money. And my brain decided that the way to evaluate the best designers was to be like, well, they must be the designers with the most Instagram followers. This must be the only logical way that we can evaluate success. And I will be the person to tell you if that is what your brain is offering up, don't stress. It's okay, right? It's totally normal to assume that successful floral designers have a crap ton of followers on Instagram right? Because in this industry where nobody talks about money, nobody talks about marketing, nobody talks about sales, and nobody talks about how to actually build a successful business, we use Instagram as the placeholder. We assume that you need to have a certain number of Instagram followers to have a successful business. We assume the more Instagram followers a designer has, the more money they are making. My friends, y'all know that that's not true. And I know your brain is going to want to find reasons to not believe what I am telling you. But here's the thing. I actually Googled this this morning because it's kind of blowing my mind. <laughs> it's like, okay, if we decided arbitrarily that having 50,000 followers on Instagram automatically meant success, how much does it cost to buy 50,000 followers on Instagram? Do you know what's crazy? $500. It's insane. Why are we not all out there buying 50,000 followers on Instagram for $500? Like that's blowing my mind. I was like, well, seriously, if that was actually the right solution to this problem, I would have bought 50,000 followers a long time ago. But there's something in you, right, that goes, wait a minute, it can't possibly be like that. 
Like there's a rational part of your brain that's like, okay, no, I know that there's a part of my brain that's thinking that all these Instagram followers, like if she has 10,000 followers or 50,000 followers or 100,000 followers, she must be making a lot of money. And then there's a part of your brain that's like, yeah, but if I went out there and I bought 50,000 followers for $500, something doesn't quite add up. And you know it intuitively, but you've never stopped to question it. You've never actually paused for a second and evaluated and thought for yourself, why don't those two things add up? If I could just go out and spend $50,000 on Instagram followers, why am I not just doing that? It's because you know it's not actually the right solution. You know there is a part of you that knows Going out and paying $500 for 50,000 followers on Instagram is not actually going to solve the problem because you already would have done that. And in actual fact, I would have been like, guys, you need to all just go out and do this now because clearly this is going to solve all of our problems. But we know that it's not the real solution. We know like there is a part of your brain, a very intelligent part of you that knows paying $500 for 50,000 followers isn't going to solve the problem. So remember that and trust that part of your brain because it's very normal and it's a very well-practiced thought that your brain is going Oh, well, she has 100,000 followers, so therefore she must be making a lot of money. That must be what I have to do. So then you spend all of this time thinking about what to post on Instagram, second-guessing everything that you have on Instagram, and trying to, like, struggle your way to build a business. Like, it's a very simple thought, this concept, and this very well-practiced belief of more Instagram followers equals success. More Instagram followers equals more money. So then you take action thinking, well, it must be around getting more followers on Instagram. But at the same time, you won't go out there and pay $500 for 50,000 followers on Instagram. I kind of want to go out and do it just to see what would happen because I think it would be a really fascinating experience. But I also don't know if I could be bothered. So there is a part of my brain that's like, hey, that could be really curious to do this and then explain to you guys everything that happens. But at the same time, it's just like, let's spend our time and energy on things that will actually build our businesses. So if your brain is thinking, well, more followers must just mean that that's how I'm going to build my business. Just begin to question it and unpack. If you also believe paying $500 for 50,000 followers isn't going to get you the result you want in your business. Those two thoughts sitting next to each other are like polar opposites side of the spectrum. So you can then begin to stop believing that your Instagram followers mean more business. And I will really encourage you to get beneath the surface, to become aware of what your brain is offering up. And this is true for Instagram. And this is true if you're thinking about signing up for another design workshop. What problem are you hoping to have 
it solve? What are you hoping to learn? And really, this is, again, this is an opportunity for curiosity. This is not like, let's get into our brain and shame ourselves and judge ourselves and put ourselves down. But it's very normal, right? Particularly in our bubble, from a design point of view, where we're so obsessed with Instagram and the final product, what are you hoping to achieve by signing up to that course? What are you hoping to achieve to signing up to that online workshop? If you really want to learn another design mechanic, you want to learn that particular designer's approach to product planning, design, mechanics, ingredient selection, color palette, anything that is actually design related and floral mechanic related, go for it. But if you're inclined to sign up to a workshop or a design experience or a retreat in the hopes that learning that particular aesthetic or that particular design is going to help you grow your business, is going to help you make more money, is going to help you attract more customers, I will ask you to just question that assumption. Your problem in that instance is not learning a new mechanic is going to attract more clients. The problem isn't a design mechanic problem. The problem is learning sales and marketing. The problem is you completely need to shift your perspective and understand learning sales and marketing is all about becoming obsessed with your customers obsessed with your clients. I have spent so much time obsessing over our clients and our customers, and that is how you grow your business. Stop focusing on yourself and start obsessing over your customers. And it's really common for business owners in our industry to carry around three pretty basic assumptions. So I want to just raise the alarm bells for you and give you a little bit of guidance to say, we all assume, right? Floral designers assume that their customers hang out on Instagram as much as we do. That's assumption number one. Assumption number two is that the sign of a legitimate business is the number of followers that you have. Assumption number three is that assumption number one and assumption number two are all that matter. <laughs> so if you have never questioned how much time your customers ever spend on Instagram, it's worth doing. And if you've never questioned the assumption that more followers equals a more legitimate business, it's also worth questioning that assumption. And I'll also be the one to tell you that it is totally normal as a business owner in this industry to walk around assuming those two things because it is a fucking black hole of information, right? Us floral designers love hanging out on Instagram. Everybody loves sharing their designs and showing what they're working on and showing what's coming in from the market and what's happening at the wholesaler and what's growing at the farmers. It's just like, 
amazing, which is a perfect because Instagram is such a visual medium. So then when you're building your own floral design business, you assume, well, that must be, this is, this is how, what I must need to do. I must need to become obsessed over the final design, the finished product, anything to do with the visual aspect of our work. And we completely lose sight of the 99 other things that matter just as much. Because here's a fun fact. You could be an underwhelming, possibly even just average floral designer and build a hugely successful business. So if your mission is to build a hugely successful business, you don't need to be the best designer on the planet. You do need to become really good at sales and marketing. And just like learning how to make installations, just like learning how to wrap a bouquet, just like learning how to process roses, marketing and sales are just skills to learn. And the biggest adjustment you can make in your business is to stop obsessing over yourself and start obsessing over your customers. I have four questions for you to ask yourself in your business. What are you selling? Who are you selling it to? How are they going to find out about you? And why will they buy from you? Those four questions are the difference between where your business is right now and where you want your business to go. It is so simple. You don't need to overthink this. You do need to shift your focus away from you and put your energy on your customer. When it comes to thinking about what you're selling, this is your flower menu, right? You are the chef at a restaurant. You are the head creative director of your floral design business. What problems do you solve and how do you want to solve them? What niche are you focused in on? What formats do you want to use? What kind of ingredients do you want to use? Literally map out for yourself your floral menu. And then who are you selling those to? Who is your actual customer and who is your dream customer? Because you don't want your business to cater to all of the people. I want you to learn to say no. I want you to turn business away and I want you to become obsessed with who your ideal customer is. Paint a picture for yourself and get them to become your imaginary best friends. Tell the story of the day of the life and really think about who this person is. Get obsessed with how they buy flowers and research floral designers because that immediately leads you to question number three. How are they going to find out about you? Literally, take your dream customer and think about where does she or he turn to when they're looking for a floral designer? That is where you spend all of your energy from a marketing point of view. And that question, where does your customer hang out and how do they research floral designers is a game changer 
because it helps you point your business in the direction of where you need to put all of your energy and efforts when it comes to marketing. It is very possible, my friends, based on what you sell and who you're selling it to, that Instagram doesn't even need to be part of your energy and effort. But it takes you asking these questions to get beneath the surface. So question number three is how are they going to find out about you? And then question number four is why are they going to buy from you? And this is my favorite because there's so many floral designers doing it wrong. There's so many floral designers who are completely not focused on their customers that actually you being focused on your customers makes you such a better business owner and makes all of your marketing so much more effective because in comparison to every other business owner out there in this industry, this part is not hard. Your customers are going to buy from you because you make it easy for them. You offer phenomenal customer service. You understand that they have no fucking clue what they're doing and they need your help. That they have never done this before or if they have, it's been a while or they haven't ordered flowers in six months, 12 months. You understand that your customer is a novice. They don't know what's happening. And then on the flip side of that, because you meet your customer where they're at, you talk their language, it is so easy for you to win them over by demonstrating your expertise because you know what problem they have and you have the perfect solution to solve that problem. They don't realize that there are 957 different ways to solve any one problem. So because you've answered question one, what are you selling? You can then sell anything to anyone in this industry. Once you shift your focus away from yourself and onto your customer, the light bulb moments go off all the time and you realize how simple and how straightforward this marketing and sales world can be. And I will tell you, these four questions, it's simply a matter of continually asking yourself, like every season that you go through, every busy trading period, every month that you're looking at your business, you can continue to ask yourself, what am I selling? Who am I selling it to? How are they gonna find out about me? Why are they gonna buy from me? Because the thing about being a business owner is that your work is never done. That means you get to change your mind at any time, but you also get to refine and rinse and repeat all of your efforts all of the time. What is so amazing to think about is the fact that you could be starting your business right now and you're going to kind of figure out your first iteration of what are you selling, who are you selling it to, why are they going to buy from you, And then you get to go back and you get to revisit that as often as you like. Nothing needs to be set in stone. If up until this point in time you've offered and you've only ever done work that's like white and green and super neutral, but you really want to be doing like bold and colorful and textural, you can do that. You get to make that decision at any point in time because you are the CEO of your business. And of course, 
what comes with this is the need for the mental stamina to keep the machine moving forward. In so many cases, when you are a business owner, it's an incredibly isolating and alone space to be. And particularly if all of your friends aren't floral designers or you don't have a community of floral designer friends, it can feel even more isolating because everybody, every other human on this planet looks at what we does and says, oh my God, it's so beautiful. I'd love to play with flowers. Shut up. So would I. I would love a job where you stand around and play with flowers. That sounds like a lot of fun, but that doesn't sound like a job. This is work and you are a business owner. You need to be learning as much about business as you do about flowers. For every hour that you learn about design mechanics and ingredients and seasonality, you need to spend an hour learning about sales and marketing and your website and how to actually show up on Instagram in a way that attracts the right kinds of clients and customers. You need to do both. As always, you don't have to have it all figured out. Remember, you get to be a CEO of your business for the long term. This is always going to be a work in progress. Your design aesthetic and your design preferences are going to change. The world around us is going to change. The season's going to change. Your business is going to ebb and flow and you get to be in charge of it all of the time. You get to be the one who is steering the ship in the direction that you want to go. And you don't have to have it all figured out to be making a lot of money. And remember, there is always room for improvement. It doesn't need to be perfect. You just need to get a version out there and then make a plan to refine and change it, to respond to what's happening in the market, to respond to the feedback that your customers are giving you, to respond to your own preferences, to respond to new technology. There is always an opportunity for improvement. And of course, when you are the CEO in your flower business, having the mental stamina to wake up every day and keep yourself motivated is the secret to success because you need to be able to wake up every single day, pull yourself out of that funk and say, today is the day I'm going to continue to move forward. And you just take it one day at a time. You don't need to beat yourself up because you didn't accomplish everything you wanted to accomplish yesterday. You don't need to beat yourself up because what you originally tried isn't working as well as you thought it would. You get to wake up today and you get to decide how you're going to respond to the results that you created yesterday. And that, my friends, is exactly what I teach in my one-on-one program. So, of course, when you sign up for my one-on-one program, you get the entire business masterclass. You get everything you need to know about pricing and sales and marketing and defining your flower menu and articulating and identifying who your ideal customer is. And you get access to all of that content online, plus all of the worksheets that go with it. And then in addition 
to understanding the core fundamentals of sales and marketing, we also then have private coaching. You and me, 60 minutes each week to dig into your brain and understanding the current beliefs that are standing in your way from helping you achieve the version of success that you want to have. Because I firmly believe no matter where you are on the world, no matter what level of qualifications, certifications, how many days, months, years you've been doing this, you can achieve anything you want to. Learning how to navigate the human experience, understanding how the human brain works is the key to success. Knowing that you have the tools to wake up every single day, find and create the motivation and the excitement that you need to keep yourself moving forward is one of the skills that I teach you in my one-on-one program. My one-on-one program, I am beginning to learn, is like nothing else on the planet. First of all, because it is dedicated solely and entirely to sales, marketing, and business. So you can go out and you can have and you can learn everybody else's design aesthetic. You can take beautiful online courses. You can sign up to workshops. And as a matter of fact, you can come to my retreats. Then you can sign up for my one-on-one program and learn everything you need to know about business. Because in order to be successful in this industry, you need to learn design mechanics. You need to learn ingredient selection. You need to learn seasonality and flower care. But you also need to know what it takes to be the CEO of your business. You need to learn marketing and sales, pricing, and understanding how to be a human and understanding how to manage your own mindset. So if you are an ambitious floral designer and you feel like you've tried all the things, you've Googled all the things and you don't feel like you're making the progress in your business you want to be making, you know you can make this happen, but you're not making as much money as you want to. I will invite you to sign up for my one-on-one program. You will get access to all of my online courses, the Business Masterclass, the Website Masterclass, the Instagram Masterclass, the Wedding Inquiry Masterclass. Plus, you get access to my private community of all of my favorite students around the world. And direct access to me, plus we have eight weeks of one-on-one coaching. So if you want to take your business to the next level, if you want to level up your business know-how, if you know that you're capable and you just need a helping hand, sign up for my one-on-one program and let's get into this thing. Let's get you on the path you want to be traveling. And my friends, I hope you have an amazing, amazing week. If you are listening to this anywhere in the world, take a screen grab and share it on Instagram because I'd love to see what you're up to. And if you have any questions about my one-on-one program, send me a DM on the Instagrams. And if you want to apply, do it. It's going to be so fun. My friends, have a beautiful week. 
Enjoy whatever lies ahead, and I'll talk to you again next week. Bye for now.